On this episode, we're going to talk about 10 random things that agents need to know. These things, if you want to be successful as a realtor, you need to know these 10 things. So let's jump into it right now. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 232 of the Massive Agent Podcast. I can't believe we've done 232 straight episodes. Pretty crazy. This episode today is a little unique. I Memorial Day weekend completely fucked me up. And Tuesday, which felt like Monday, I'm like, oh, um, I don't have a podcast plan for the week. I procrastinated. A bunch of stuff happened Tuesday. Wednesday comes around. Um, usually, I have it all done and ready well before Wednesday. But I'm recording it today on Wednesday afternoon at about 3 p.m. I was trying to think of like this this deep, like, you know, like this, I don't know, this this big episode about a certain topic that we just dove super, super deep on. And a lot of just random ideas started coming to my brain, like a lot of random thoughts. And I was like, well, why don't we just call it random shit agents need to know? And as I was listing out these things, I noticed there were 10 of them. So we're going to call it the 10 random things that agents need to know to be successful. So take some notes, okay? Get ready for these because they're random, but they're going to help. Whether you're brand new, whether you've been an agent for 30 years and you tell everyone that you've been an agent for 30 years, if you're one of those, and it says it on your business card and you still have business cards and you still leave business cards at showings, you know who I'm talking about, you name tag wearing son of a bitch. With respect, with respect, <laughs> with respect, for real. Um, anyways, I'm just messing with you. You know, before I jump into the list, I should probably actually introduce myself or anyone that may be new to the show. Welcome to the Massive Agent Podcast. I am Dustin Brome, your host and agent in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I'm the founder of the Massive Agent Society, and I am I am committed to and passionate about helping agents to be more profitable, more successful, and have better lives. So if you are for that, you're in the right place. One of, you know, these 10 things are actually going to help you do all of the above. So let's jump into it. The 10 random things that agents must know. Number one, a well-informed agent has well-informed clients. All right. If you, if you have educated yourself as an agent, if you've taken time to research uh, different markets so you can give perspective to your clients, uh, clients who are like, oh, it's so expensive here, or this is so tough here. And then you can, if you can educate them on what it's like two markets over or in this other state or in a neighboring state, and you can just provide perspective to you know what else is out there, it may help them wrap their head around their current situation. If Look, I see this all the time. I'm in Salt Lake City. I was born here, raised here, lived here for pretty much my entire life, if, except for a couple of semesters of college away. I've traveled a lot, thank God, so I have perspective, and now I work with hundreds of agents all across the country. I hear about all the different markets. That helps me tremendously when I start to think, holy shit, it's getting expensive here in Salt Lake. I can't believe how much that crappy house is selling for. And then you hear about a house even crappier, half the size in San Jose, California, selling for three times as much. Or on the flip side, you know, maybe in rural Indiana, you know, a house is $80,000 and it's twice the size. I mean, you just need to have perspective. So a well-informed agent will have well-informed clients. The more you can inform yourself on as many different things as possible, the better. Not just market stats, not just all that, but just 
in general, a better informed agent will lead to better informed clients. Number two, confidence is everything. Confidence is everything, okay? Learn market stats. This is where learning market stats helps you with your confidence, especially in the beginning. As an agent, it's super, as a new agent, it's super intimidating to to think, oh my gosh, like I barely even understand the concepts of the market, let alone all the ins and outs, how the contract works, all, you know, all these different situations, when to use this addendum, when not to, you know, you're, you're just trying to like learn how any of it works. One of the best things you can do to build confidence quickly is to learn market stats, the nerdy stuff. Now, chances are you're not going to need it. Okay. What I've learned in the beginning, when you study absorption rate, you study, you know, how many months of inventory you study median home price and the growth and all this stuff. Most clients aren't ever going to ask. Now, maybe little bits and pieces you'll want to share with some clients every now and then, uh, which is part of you being, number one, a well-informed agent. But it's better to know the absorption rate for your market and not need it rather than need it and not have a fucking clue what absorption rate means, okay? So confidence starts with just feeling like you know what you're doing, especially as a new agent. Confidence is also built as you do more. Okay, as you get out there and you you talk to more people, you help more clients, you you close more deals, you learn new strategies, you have a mentor that teaches you things that you never would have thought of. That all helps build confidence. But if you look at all the agents in your market that are successful, show me the top ten, the, those that sell the, the top ten highest selling agents in your in your market. I would bet you that they all have a high level of confidence in themselves and their ability to be an agent. Those who are struggling usually have very low confidence. They're insecure. They don't think very highly of, of themselves or their ability to do the job. And so confidence has a direct correlation to success. It just does. Number three, the agent who communicates the best wins. This is across the board in all situations. If you are the best at communicating complex situations to your potential clients, you're going to get more clients because they will they will see you as a teacher. They'll see you as an advisor. You'll be somebody that can educate and guide them rather than just talk over their head. I mean, I see this all the time on social media. Agents who don't really understand a concept themselves will just regurgitate a headline like the, the Fed funds rate just got changed to this or FHFA just uh, updated their loan limits. And then that's all they say. And they, they don't, the agent doesn't fucking understand it. But then you expect the consumer who's not in the trenches every day, who's not a real estate professional, you expect them to just know what it means. If you don't know what it means, don't expect your non-real estate professional clients and prospects to know what the hell it means. So if you are one of those who can take a complex situation, scenario, definition, concept, and dumb it down, so to speak, so it's understood by everybody, those people want you as their agent. They don't want some pompous ass who uses big words and can't speak their language. You know what I mean? Number four, always call the listing agent before you make an offer. 100% of the time, send a call, send a text, send an email, do whatever you need to do. And I don't want to hear, well, what if they don't answer the phone? Okay, then what? I don't answer my phone, so fucking text me then. If I don't text, if I don't text you back right away, text again. If that doesn't work, send an Instagram message. Be resourceful, but the key is this. You need to find out what the seller's needs are. If you are a buyer's agent, how are you possibly going to be competitive? How are you possibly going to provide the best offer in the eyes of the seller 
Okay, the best offer is not in your eyes. The best offer is in the eyes of the seller. So what does the seller need? What does the best offer look like? How the hell would you ever know what the best offer looks like to the seller unless you ask? You ask the representative of the seller, which is the listing agent. So don't ever submit an offer. Don't even write an offer until you found out what the seller's needs are, okay? It's so important. I've gotten so many deals under contract this way. I've won so many bidding wars. So many of our agents have won so many bidding wars this way. It's unbelievable. When I sold my house back in March, we had, now I forget, 12 to 15 offers. We had 12 to 15 offers. Three agents bothered to call to to find out what our needs are. And one of those, the the person who actually bought the house, that won, that ended up closing, they were one of the people who called and was very clear when they asked pointedly, what do you need? What's important to you as a seller? And they end up they ended up getting it, even though their offer was 20 grand less than some of the others because they gave us better terms. Always call the listing agent to find out what the seller's needs are. Number five, let's see. Number five, home prices rising is actually a good thing if you own property, okay? Home prices going up are, are, are hurtful if you don't own, if you're trying to buy. Home prices going up makes it a little bit more expensive. But interest rates, rising interest rates, when those go up, nobody benefits. Nobody. Like rising interest rates hurts everybody. So in summary, number five, home prices going up help those who already own property. Interest rates going up help nobody and hurts everyone. So there's value There's so much value and wisdom in taking action sooner than later if you're in an environment where interest rates are going up or it looks like they're going up, like we're in right now, okay? Home prices, whether they go up or they they cool off or they stay put or even go back down, that's not as big of a factor as the interest rate because if even if the home price stays exactly the same, if an interest rate jumps half a percent, you could be knocking your buyer's out of the ability to buy a certain house. It knocks them down a price range. That sucks. Rising interest rates helps no one, hurts everyone. Rising home prices, pretty awesome if you're a seller, if you actually own the property. Number six, number six, the best marketer wins. It's not the best agent, it's the best marketer. The best known agent wins. The best known agent wins. If you look in your market, who are the, who are the, the, the biggest names in town, who are the the top producing real estate agents or teams. They're not necessarily those who are the most skilled and most knowledgeable and have the contract memorized and and know all the different addenda and how to use them. It's not necessarily that. Now, yes, they have to be competent, of course, but it's, they're always those who are great marketers. They get a ton of awareness. They get a ton of people to know who they are. They get a ton of people to see them, hear about them and They just get a bunch of clients walking in the door. They sell more homes because more people know who they are. Simple as that. So if if you're thinking that you need to be the most skilled agent to sell the most homes, one has nothing to do with the other, or rather one has very, very little to do with the other. You need to become the best marketer. The best known agent wins every single time. Number seven. Number seven. If you are not, let me read this through. If you're not, number seven. If you're not reminding a prospect that you're a great agent, somebody else is. If you're not reminding your prospect that you exist as an agent, someone else is. 
This isn't 2013 where there's just a few real estate agents on social. Everyone is on social media. Most everyone is putting out content of some sort. So they are showing up in the news feeds. Okay. You, hopefully, if you're doing videos, you're doing posts, you're showing up in the news feed of, of your network. Okay. The people that, that you're connected with, you're showing up in the news feed. But if you're not showing up, some other agent is. You can you it's just it's as true as the sun coming up in the morning and setting in the evening. It's as true as the sky being blue. And when I flip that switch over there, the light turns on. If you are not showing up on social media, one of your competitors is. So if you think that just because your past client likes you and they bought a house from you four years ago, that you don't really need to follow up with them. You don't need to stay in touch. You could just send some boring drip email every couple months. And, and you know, of course, they'll hire you when it comes time to sell. Don't be surprised when you see they post on Facebook, hey, we just sold our house and bought a new one. And they did it with somebody else because they forgot you exist because you stopped reminding them. You stop showing up in front of their face. Their email inbox is not necessarily where they are. Yes, that helps. You need to show up in their inbox, but you need to show up in front of their eyeballs, in their newsfeed, on their phone, where their attention is at every single freaking day. If you're not showing up in that newsfeed, one of your competitors or many of your competitors are. Simple as that. Number eight, taxes will kick your ass if you're not prepared for them. If you're not considering taxes and what they'll do to you, then you can get your ass kicked. You can get into some big trouble. I have done this myself. I've caught, I've gone behind. I've, you know, been a few years behind in, in filing returns, um, in paying the taxes in general, because I didn't plan ahead. I did things just, I, I didn't plan ahead. So what I highly recommend is every time you have a closing, set aside a certain percentage, maybe that's 20%, maybe it's 30%, whatever it is, set aside a certain percentage for taxes and put it over here into a, into a separate account and let it be, okay? Because at the end of the year, if all of a sudden you have a six-figure tax bill, if you do everything that you want, if you hit all the goals that you're striving towards and then you actually hit them and then you're like, oh shit, I have a tax bill of 75,000. I have a tax bill of 106,000. Uh, how am I gonna pay for that? Well, if you had the money set aside, it's there. And maybe you have to come out of pocket a little more or a little less, but it's taken care of. So it's a habit that I did not get in when I started as an agent. I did not get in this habit. Um, it wasn't until I learned through the school of hard knocks. Okay. But from your very first closing, take a certain percentage, put it aside for taxes. And now look, this is not tax advice. It's not legal advice. This is, this is from my experience. This is for information purposes only. Okay. You need to check with a tax professional. You need to check with your CPA. You need to check with your attorneys, okay? But there is also wisdom in having an entity that you do business as, whether that's an LLC, an S-corp, or an LLC taxed as an S-corp. Which one you choose, you need to check with your attorney. I personally have an LLC taxed as an S-corp. When you are taxed as an S-corp, there are, there are additional tax benefits that you have versus other non-S-corp uh, taxed entities. So you could and should be doing business as an entity. I posted this on Instagram a day or two ago, and there's a lot of people that just don't know that, that you can do this. There's a lot of agents that don't know. So what my attorney and my CPA have advised me to do is to have my LLC, that I'm my operating business, my, my brokerage pays the commission 
to my entity, not to Dustin Brome, but to my entity. And then at the end of the year, uh, the 1099 says the entity's name. It says, you know, X LLC or, you know, your real estate company, Inc., whatever, whatever your company is, rather than you personally. There, you, then you can have a separate business account. It just makes life so much easier. There's some liability protection involved there. But again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. I am giving you my perspective and what I have personally done. You need to look into that yourself. But it's sad when I see agents that have not really looked into this. So number nine, do business in an entity, an LL, in, let me rephrase, do business as an entity, an LLC, an S-Corp, or an LLC taxed as an S-Corp but make sure you check with a true professional, not just a podcaster dude on the internet. And number 10, number 10, putting video on the internet provides a completely level playing field. Okay. You could be brand new in the business, have no contacts. Nobody knows you. You just moved to a new market and you don't know anyone. They don't know you. If you just leverage the power of the internet and video on the internet and use the tools like TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube, fill in the blank with, you know, whatever else. And you get really good at getting your message out there and reaching the people who, who, you know, are looking for that information. If you get really good at hooking them with a headline, with a hook in the first three seconds of the video, you can go from zero to hero. You can become one of the top producers in your market in a very short period of time by leveraging video on the internet. Okay. So number 10, Video on the internet provides a completely level playing field. Don't underestimate it. I see it every single day. So many of the other agents that you look up to probably started out with nobody knowing who they are. They just got good at doing content and that is all they needed to explode. So there you go, guys. There you go. And and, there's a few more examples of this, okay? Before I wrap it up. You can absolutely become a celebrity just by getting really good at content, not just getting more clients, but you could become a celebrity. Tarek El Moussa from HGTV, Flip This House and Flipping 101. He started as a real estate agent and went to HGTV to, he wanted more exposure to sell more homes. And he ended up becoming a celebrity that's on People Magazine and shit um, because of the content that was being put out there on the interweb, or in his case, TV. Glenda Baker from Atlanta blew up on TikTok, and now she's a real estate celebrity. Uh, Matt Leonetti from the, the Broke Agent. He He's funny. He's an agent in Toronto. He's funny. He does these super creative skits, and now he's a, a real estate celebrity, okay? And before, he, he was just this dude with a mustache, okay? No offense, Matt. Love you. But before his videos, none of us knew who he was unless you were in his market or one of his friends. And then Pace Morby, he's a real estate creative finance investor guy that I met through the Avengers Mastermind. And he's he's built this absolute empire on YouTube, on podcasts, on social media content. That's it. Like I asked him, like, you know, what, what was the, like, what brought you from there to here? And he's like, content, video, just doing it over and over, getting really good at what he does for a living, being becoming really good at communicating through his content, but the content was the magic that made it all happen. And now he's a real estate celebrity. It's amazing. So guys, there you go. There's the 10 random things that agents must know to be successful. Have at it, have at it. And bonus number 11, here's a little hack, a little hack, a little cheat code, go to conferences, attend masterminds, hire coaches, take courses, 
you need to start getting out there and networking with others, especially those who are doing things at a higher level than you are. If you aspire to build a team and have 30 agents and sell 200 million a year, well, you should probably spend time with people who are doing that. You can do that by going to conferences, going to masterminds, going to seminars, um, sometimes hiring these people directly as coaches or mentors. That's how you do it. It's a cheat code. Rather than trying to beat your head against the wall and figure the shit out and trying to reinvent the wheel when there's the wheel is already there. The wheel's there. The blueprint for the wheel is there. All you have to do is go follow the blueprint. But that's not what we do, is it? We just try to like, well, let's let's do it this way and this way because you're trying to save money. Doesn't work. Guys, I see agents all the time do this with... uh, you know, managing their business. Like they'll have, they want to save some money, quote unquote. They don't want to spend 20 to $60 a month on a great CRM or a platform. So they'll just use Excel or Google docs. They're like, Oh, well this works for me. You know, the best CRM is the one you use. Yes. But what if you used a great one that was very user-friendly, very intuitive, that uh, thought of all the shit that you never would have thought of yourself, like follow-up boss, follow-up boss has all these different bells and whistles that don't make it complicated, it makes it easier. All these different things and ways to sort information and ways to display it and task lists and action and all this stuff that you wouldn't have thought of. And if you're doing a spreadsheet to manage your business, you you can't do this stuff. Your spreadsheet will not send text message follow-up to your leads. It just won't. It won't send a video follow-up to the listing presentation that you just went to. It won't do it. Well, follow-up bus does all that stuff. And it's a, it's arranged in a way that is the most user-friendly platform I've seen for real estate agents. And they will give you a chance to try it completely free. Leave your wallet in your pocket. They don't want your credit card. They'll let you try it for 30 days, 30 days, try it out. If you like it, then pay for it. If not, now, you know, but to get that 30 day free trial, go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash follow up boss and try it out, but don't just get the trial and then let it sit. Get the trial, dive in, put some contacts in there, set up some drip campaigns, you know, manage a transaction or two, and really see why the vast majority of top producers in this industry all use top producer. Now, it's a chicken or the egg thing. Are they top producers because they use follow-up boss? Or do, do they use follow-up boss because they're top producers? Hmm, that is the question. But you need to find out for yourself. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's more of the former. I think a lot of them have grown to the level that they have and are able to manage the business at the level they they do it at because of follow-up boss. It will help you too. It'll help you scale. It's meant for agents who want to grow. Massiveagentpodcast.com slash follow-up boss. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Massive Agent Podcast. If you would, please share this with any agent or team member or broker or anyone you work with within the industry, a lender, a title person. If you found this valuable, please share it with them so they can find it, so they can get value as well. If uh, you know, share it with your lender, have your lender share it with their agent partners, uh, share it with your title, your title rep, so that they can share it with their other agent partners. Pay it forward, and I'll continue doing the same by putting out great episode week after week. I appreciate you listening. See you guys next week. <laughs>